I'm Katherine Spearing, and this is Uncertain. Tears of Eden, a nonprofit supporting survivors of spiritual abuse from the evangelical community and home of the Uncertain podcast, is hosting its first in-person retreat con October 20th through 22nd. This retreat con will have the intimacy of a retreat with the intentionality of a conference. In partnership with the I Got Out movement, the retreat con will also feature a special event story jam highlighting survivor stories live and in person. Registration is currently open and spots are limited. Sign up with a link in the show notes. This is the final episode of season four. We'll be back for season five in January to kick off Spiritual Abuse Awareness Month. So I'm going to take a moment to give a little bit of a personal address. As more folks have found Tears of Eden, the responsibilities for maintaining the nonprofit have increased. So when I say every week on every episode that this podcast and the work of Tears of Eden is supported by the generosity of listeners like you, I mean it. Financial resources are and will continue to be a reason for the sustainability of this organization. So if you are a dedicated listener, or if this is your first time, I invite you to consider giving a one-time donation or becoming a monthly supporter. Your gifts go directly to supporting survivors of spiritual abuse and religious trauma. And you aren't just supporting the podcast. You're supporting our website, which is a hub of resources for survivors. You're supporting our support groups and online community, and you're supporting our first ever in-person retreat con coming up this year. If you have more questions about where your donation is going, feel free to email me at tearsofeden.org at gmail.com. Thanks so much for considering. Y'all, I have been wanting to record an episode on forgiveness since probably before the podcast even launched. I knew this topic was nuanced and personal. I also knew this topic is a source of pain and has been used to abuse people within the church and outside the church. It's taken over three years to find the right person to have this conversation with, so I'm delighted that person was Connie Baker, author of the book Traumatized by Religious Abuse, and a therapist who works with survivors. She is also the speaker of our first ever in-person event coming up in October. So if you enjoy this episode, consider joining us in October and interacting with Connie in person. We'd be so delighted to see you there. If you'd like to share your thoughts on this episode or share your story about forgiveness, consider sending us an email at tearsofeden.org at gmail.com. So I'm very excited to have this conversation. This is like, I have like a handful of conversations that ever since Uncertain started that I wanted to do. And one on forgiveness is one of them. Yes, I love that. I'm so glad. Forgiveness is a, I will probably talk more in this episode than I normally do, because this is a subject that I am very passionate about, the way that forgiveness has been misused, and then also having a really genuine experience of forgiveness that I feel like was real, and looks nothing like what I was told forgiveness is. Right, right. (laughs) to me, so much of it is dismantling the, the what we think it is. So yeah, I'm excited to talk with you. And Catherine, I mean, you're as much of an expert in this area as I am. It's like, you know, I do have some very strong feelings, which I think are, are very compatible. Yes, um, but, I think, I think. But, and, and I've, you know, I've done 
done 18 years of clinical work to say, mm, I got some reasons why I think what I do, but I just went, I mean, yes, to me, let's make this baby a discussion. Yes, so. It's a combo. It's a conversation and one that we need to have because it's just, it's still so misused. And I've had so many people throughout my life come at me to want to make sure a, that I have forgiven or oh. that I want to forgive or that I'm not bitter Right. But the standard of assessing whether or not I'm bitter or have forgiven is whether or not I talk about what happened. Totally. Shut up. If you're if you're not bitter, you can't talk. Exactly. And so to to realize that most people think forgiveness and bitterness means don't talk about it. And and if you've really forgiven, then you don't think about it. And it's just like in the past, something that never happened. So we're going to get into this. The kind of outline that I was thinking for this episode is as just kind of following the outline of your chapter in your book, the F word, which I love, and it's probably what I'll call the, the episode first talk about what forgiveness is not. And some examples what forgiveness is, some examples. And then I would love to end, you have a self-evaluation at the end of the chapter. And I would love to kind of end with us sort of doing that and and like how that might work for people. I have it written down so I, I can read it. <laughs> I just, I'm like, okay, remind me. What are some words of forgiveness that I prefer? Oh yeah, do I need to, I like my, I like my questions. <laughs> do I need to, to forgive? Do I want to forgive? If I've decided to take steps short, what is my next step? Good. I'm happy with that. Let's keep the yeah, book yeah, available. Yeah. Let's keep the book available. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's start with what forgiveness is not. How what would you say forgiveness is not? And then just like maybe an example of like how you would describe that. Yes. Oh, forgiveness is not. And I love that we're starting here. I love it because Catherine, you and I both know there's so many things people think it is. I think, first of all, when we're talking about religious abuse, forgiveness is not something that can be demanded or required of someone who's hurt us. It's not, no, period. Forgiveness, I think theologically, as well as psychologically, is something freely given. Something that is, that comes from the person, coercion, if I hurt a person and tell them, you've got to forgive me, it just kind of disintegrates the whole idea of what forgiveness, a beautiful forgiveness canon should be. So there's one thing. And I think you, you and I both know so many examples of how, and maybe this is just a great place to start, how this is leveraged. Mm-hmm. by specifically leadership that but it's also systemic it's it's a two level thing where the leaders can say you've got to forgive me which has all kinds of implications for them maintaining control yep. because we'll get into the, what it's not here in a minute too it's not necessarily reconnecting or reestablishing relationship with that person we'll get there in a minute but When it's demanded or our peers will say you have to forgive because they are part of a system that supports that. 
and and says you've got to forgive and you've got to get back into an intimate trusting relationship with that person if you've actually forgiven and so that demand and requirement for forgiveness to me is number one it is forgiveness is not something that you can demand or require so that i think is a foundation because those of us have been around and probably listening to this podcast know what i mean by leaders demanding that and systems that require it so so when a peer tells you you've got to forgive but they are speaking for the church authority i.e god mm-hmm. it is still a power play yep. it's still a power play and whether intended or not doesn't matter it's still a power play so that's first thing mm-hmm. any, any thoughts on that Catherine? just the Verses that are popping into my head are the 70 times seven verse and, you know, forgive as God has forgiven you. And the, as far as the East is from the West, God will remember your sins no more. And those are the verses that are used to support this belief system. And it's so convincing. It's so convincing. And I'm so glad you said systemic because it is like it's embedded into it when those verses pop up as they did just now for me when those verses pop up what would you say to someone how 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 do they combat these things that are used i say that is a that is probably the question and i want if we can remember maybe i should take a note let's ask that after we've gone through some of these ideas because honestly what it is. Yes. What it is not. And what it is. Mm -hmm. I think both of those, because the problem with those verses is these people are bringing a definition and assumptions Mm -hmm. around what forgiveness is. So I want to circle back to that. Does that sound okay? Yeah, no, definitely. Let's circle back. And the, the, the way that this is like spiritually abusive is those verses, like even that verse, as far as the East is from the West, will I remember your sins no more. It sounds like this just like, oh, beautiful, wonderful, you know, wiping the slate clean. And it starts from this place of just like this, like really, you know, oh, of course I want someone to do that for me. So of course I'm going to do that to someone else. And that reality that it's weaponized. And when forgiveness is not what forgiveness is not, it's not a weapon and it's not meant to be used for coercion. Yes. And control. Yes. For silencing. So maybe we don't know what it is. Maybe we don't have a definition or anything, but if we feel like someone is coming at us and, and trying to coerce us into an emotion or an action that doesn't yeah. feel aligned with the what what happened in a situation mm-hmm. of abuse. Maybe we can't even name it as abuse, but if we're feeling coerced into that response, then that's just a pause, just a pause right there, and just say something's not right. Huge pause. Something is deeply not okay. I think that's we can say with confidence. The other thing that comes to mind is. The way I hear forgiveness talked about in Christian circles, it's a cure-all 
Yes. For the damage inflicted. In other words, I always use this example that feels a little absurd and I use it because I want it to feel absurd. If you are going through an intersection on a green light and you are slammed into the driver's side with a, a, a driver who is drunk and it slams in and crushes your upper arm, your rib cage, your hip cracks, your femur busts, and you've got, and you have some internal bleeding, they rush you to the hospital and they do all these surgeries and they're fixing you up step by step. And somebody comes to visit and they say, oh my gosh, how are you feeling? Well, whew, okay, but boy, am I still in a lot of physical pain. And the person looks at you and says, well, have you forgiven the drunk driver? <laughs> you like it. Same thing. It's just literally the same thing. It's, it's emotional pain. Yes. Yeah. In other words, there's this bizarre assumption that if someone deeply, deeply wounds you, that when you forgive, you're going to be great. You're not going to feel pain. You're not going to have any repercussions percussions. You're not going to have any trauma. You're not going to have PTSD. Your brain wiring will not be affected because if you just forgive, mm -hmm. all will be beautifully taken care of. And you shouldn't be sitting there in the hospital with all those bones broken if you've actually forgiven. And of course, that sounds so absurd and bizarre to us. And correct. It's crazy making yes. to say, that, that forgiveness is just going to fix it all. And I'll feel great once I forgive. Now, you and I both know, we, we were talking about something that both in the secular and religious realm, forgiveness is well studied. It's a beautiful, good thing done in appropriate places. So this isn't, we're not down on forgiveness, but oh, it, has, it has huge limitations to trauma recovery. It is one piece of a very big pie, I think, yeah. of eventual trauma recovery. I, I, yeah, it is a, it's a piece of the pie and it is reductionist to, to focus everything on recovery around forgiveness and to, yes. make, that, to make that a requirement even for recovery. Cause I don't think it, I, I think it's like a separate thing and it is. yet it's always, I was watching the documentary on Michael Jackson's victims and Oprah Winfrey does an interview, like a follow-up interview to, to talk to the two men that were featured in the documentary, two of Michael Jackson's victims. And Oprah Winfrey has done a lot to raise awareness about mental health. She does understand a lot about trauma, but she ends asking these two survivors if they have forgiven. And I just felt like, very defeated at the end that she would bring that up to these two people and, and sort of made it as like a marker of right. how healed they were. Right. And the final question also carries yeah. the ultimate amount of weight, like not okay. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. And, and like basically ending with, you still got some room to grow you still you still got some places to go you're not fully healed yet because you haven't you can't answer that question with this right. life you know or and, and then one of the survivors was like I don't even know really what that word means right now oh 
good for them. I'm really glad that they said that. But I think they were sort of portrayed as like, well, until you kind of know what that means, you're still not healed, which they're not. (laughs) And, and we're not. And, and it does kind of draw a line in the sand of like, once you can say you have forgiven, you've passed the line and now you're healed, which whole nother subject of like, Oh, totally. Yes. They do. They have overlap. Sure. Are they the same thing? Absolutely not. Yeah. There's it's that, you know, that person laying in the laying in the hospital bed may not even have a big, have a hard time forgiving. Maybe it's like, they're an addict. They got mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. This stuff happens. There, depending on the person, it, there, you know, there's a range of how people respond, which are all okay. It's also okay to rage and be angry at that driver for a long time, and it, that's okay too. But, but does that mean that person is out of the hospital because they kind of were able, for whatever reason, their psyche could let it go? I know, I know. And it is, I love the example that you gave of just the person being in the hospital because like forgiveness doesn't mean you no longer hurt. No. It doesn't mean you're no longer in pain and that you're not, you know, going to therapy for years upon years and upon years to deal yes. with the damage right. that was caused. It does yes. not. The other thing that comes to mind is forgiveness often in our circles is, you know, or past circles, whatever, <laughs> for some of us, is is equated with some really important, delicate areas. And that is forgiveness is often equated with trust, intimacy, and the big word reconciliation in Christian circles, which all of three of those have have over, you know, those are, those are kind of a group of things. And let me say this right off the bat. I'll stand by this. Trust in healthy people is always earned, mm-hmm. always earned. It's like, and and they're getting, we might throw out a little bit and trust somebody and see how they do with it, but mm-hmm. only un, unhealthy people indiscriminately trust and mm-hmm. And, and, and as I say that, yeah, I was a recovering one of those. I'm a recovering one. You know, I used to trust innately and just forgiveness is in a whole different realm. Intimacy, trust, and reconciliation in, in my mind should always be earned. That is dependent, not on me completely. It's 50% dependent on me. 50% dependent on that other person and their, and how safe I feel with them. Mm -hmm. So forgiveness, a lot of times, especially when it's being leveraged abusively says, you need to forgive me. Now, the funny thing is if that leader saying you need to forgive me has no stake in controlling the other person, why are they even saying it? Mm -hmm. Because if forgiveness in their mind means you can come or go in this relationship and I need to re earn your trust. They're not going to tell you, you have to forgive them. Mm -hmm. If you know, and so I think those of us who've been told that we have to forgive need to say, okay, first of all, what do they mean by forgive? And first of all, you can't, cannot demand it of me, Mm -hmm. but then in our own mind to say, 
well, maybe I'll want to forgive eventually. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And the implicit demand in forgiveness is you reestablish relationship for me with me and then for the purpose of me being able to continue to control and have power. And they're never going to say those when never. <laughs> There's cultish situations that absolutely do say that. Most of the more nuanced, nicer, respectable institutions are not going to say, so I can control you. Right. But they're going to put it in spiritual language so that I can help you be who God wants you to be, so that I can influence you toward God. So, I mean, all the words that are used for control. That is one thing. I, that's probably one another huge thing that I just wish people could hear and say, oh, forgiveness is utterly, forgiveness is something I freely give to anybody I want. Mm-hmm. And I can keep myself safe doing it. Yeah. I, I, I have. I can have boundaries and safety and still be free of that person and have let it go. Whatever words you want to use for forgive. We can talk about those that are other words to use because I think you're titling this the F word, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because that's that, because a lot of people go, I don't even want to use that word. It's yeah. just too loaded. Like yeah. Utterly understandable. Totally. So if I've already let this go and I feel free, that does not mean I have to be back in relationship. So mm-hmm. that's, On the trust note, so a healthy person does not trust indiscriminately. Could we also say that a healthy person does not demand trust indiscriminately? And so if someone is demanding, even if it's through the language of forgiveness or not, hey, I'm the pastor, hey, I'm the therapist, hey, I'm the blah, 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 and I deserve your trust simply by my title or simply because of God-ordained authority, that that is not a healthy posture if they just expect you to trust and if i come into a space and and i've been in this situation before where it's typically with men who are just so just have their feelings hurt when there's some reticence especially if they're like in an authority position and 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 make my story all about them which is yes. exactly what's happening in this twisting of forgiveness is centering yes. what that person did to injure you around the person who did the injuring and not the person who right. is injured right. where right. it should be, where that spotlight should be. on Absolutely. And you know, I don't want to get too far off of this, but I just got to throw in here. Often it is an authority figure. Often it is male, but here. And not but but and here's another context that I see is is the demand for transparency, mm-hmm. like within small groups. Mm-hmm. You are supposed to be able to share your soul, you're supposed to lay yourself open to us. That's the rules of this game in this group. You we are all going to be open and vulnerable and authentic. And mm-hmm. in other words, you have to share things you're uncomfortable with. And don't feel like, you know, the group has built up enough trust yet. That demand can come in a systemic, like a small group or a, or even a large group sharing, I guess. But I see this in small groups too. This demand for trust mm-hmm. is just, it, it, it's insidious. And it, especially when there's a need to control. Yeah. And like with any spiritually abusive system, there's the, there is the the good people who are doing it because they just want to be good. And someone told them this is what good people do. 
And which is even the, even the forgiveness thing, like yeah. someone told me, God wants you to forgive and I want you to do what God wants you to do. So you need to forgive. And they're, they're good human beings and they're just misguided. And then there are people who are deliberately leveraging, yeah. you used right. the word leverage at the very beginning, leveraging things like forgiveness and reconciliation and trust and intimacy to deliberately control. And yes. they both exist in that same system. They totally do. And the hugely unfortunate thing is they do equivalent damage. It's yes. like, it's like, you know, I do know probably my, my clients and people I speak to will say, how, how much of this is deliberate? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that's a great question. And there's a huge gray area in there of awareness and non-awareness on the part of abusers. And ultimately it just, unfortunately doesn't matter it still does the same it's like whether i just happen to be distracted and plow into a car or whether i'm drunk driving and plow into a car it's the same level of damage and so that's unfortunate but yes oh man you know catherine the only other thing that i want to put on what it is not and this is a little controversial and we're going to nuance it a little bit all right and that is i feel like forgiveness is not essential for healing there you go so agree with you. <laughs> yeah and there again and and there again i i put that out there and i go okay of course i'm going to nuance that but i do think there's parts of that that just don't need to be nuanced i have seen people well i've certainly seen this people never go through any formal forgiveness mm -hmm. and be 100 well now sometimes i think they kind of processed and let stuff go as they went almost unconsciously which i think can happen with forgiveness I think that was part of my story. There was a few things I needed to forgive, but overall, let's see, I forgive too quick. That, that that was part of my story, which laid me wide open for abuse is the trust, the, oh, it's okay. You know, there's a downside to quick forgiveness. First of all, it can often be incomplete <laughs> and denial rather than forgiveness, but we'll talk about that. But yeah, that's, those are things, and we can talk more about the whole, it's not a requirement for healing. And as we get into talking about like what it is not being a requirement for healing. And then I really, really, really appreciate that you said that it's the damage is the same, whether someone's intent was good or not. And, and putting that back in the car accident situation, like whether I really intended to run over you or not, it still caused the damage. You may already know this, but The Uncertain Podcast is the affiliate podcast of Tears of Eden, a nonprofit that serves as a community and resource for survivors of spiritual abuse. This podcast and the work of Tears of Eden are supported by donations from generous listeners like you. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider giving a donation by using the link in the show notes or visiting tearsofeden.org support. You can also support the podcast by rating and leaving a review and sharing on social media. If you're not already following us, please follow us on Facebook at Tears of Eden and Instagram at Uncertain Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And now back to the show. Is forgiveness, as we step into the, what is it? Is forgiveness easier if the person meant to do it or didn't? I'm thinking that's a, such a good question, Catherine. And I think there's a wide variety of answers to that because forgiveness is so complex. Mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 it's all kind. There's all kinds of psychological, I think, mechanisms that go on with forgiveness, and in some ways, 
<laughs> well, here's a great therapist answer. In some ways, yes. In some <laughs> ways, no. <laughs> so, because, I, you know, I, I think there is, I think there is a part, there it can, can be a little easier to let go if you can see some sincerity of motivation yeah. and go, all right. That said, I'm going to still come back to it still did the same damage. Mm -hmm. And so my car is still told it and I'm still in ICU. Mm -hmm. No matter whether you just happen to glance on the side of the road and you're completely, you know, awake and sober and not looking at your phone, it still did damage. And so I think there's a mixture. I also think it, let's put it this way. I think it's kind of individual. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the several people that I've needed to forgive in my story. Some of them were just a lot easier to let go of. Interestingly, it was easier for me to forgive my sexual abuser than it was the church leadership that kicked me out. Yeah. Because I kind of viewed my sexual abuser as kind of pathetic. He was powerful, but he was an alcoholic. And, you know, he was falling off a cliff and grabbed my hair and took me with him. And that does not excuse it. But I also, just because of my framework about the person, mm -hmm. it's like, I was just like. Like you got to a place where you potentially, well, of course you did that kind of like. A, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's kind of where your whole thing was leading. Yeah. And it was utterly not okay. And mm -hmm. it was so wrong. And. So, but it, there's, there again, I'm thinking of my story and, and this different psychological processes that I went through and how that happened with different people mm -hmm. and who, how that intersects with who I am and my personality and my framework on life. It's, it's a complicated process. And so I don't know, what do you think about that? What do you think about whether it's easier with intent? That's a great question. I think that it definitely impacts whether or not you you remain in relationship or re-engage in relationship i think the right. the, the mo it's less about forgiveness forgive or not forgive and more about whether or not i will end up trusting them again if yes. i see and then also even some and i just like think of the people who have used forgiveness as a way to kind of silence me and they're doing coming from a place of like, they think that this is what God expects. And like, this is what I need to do to be a godly person. And so I need to forgive. And so they're kind of in that framework. And those people, most of them, I'm like still in relationship with. And the way that they handled that was painful. But I can see like that they were genuinely trying to help. And so it does make it a little easier to just continue to engage with them. And I'm just thinking of a couple of people specifically. And, and, and this comes down to like how I would define forgiveness, which is, I and, and I think you even describe it a little bit like this in your book, is a release of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that's how it looked for me when I, so my main abuser, I have a lot of, a few people who have abused me in the church context. And when I realized like forgiveness happened without me consciously thinking about it. <laughs> like, and I, when I realized that I had forgiven him, it coincided hand in hand with me severing my relationship permanently with him. And yes. 
it's completely opposite of yes. anything that I was ever taught. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when I say it was a release of responsibility. When I released responsibility, the only reason why I stayed in a relationship with him was because of damaging teaching about forgiveness yes. and feeling like I needed to stay in relationship with him so that I could always leave the door open for him to repent yes. <laughs> and always give him access to me. So just in case, he changed. Yeah. And when I finally realized and acknowledged the magnitude of the damage that he had done, that was when I was like, we're done not engaging anymore. Like this is a dangerous person. And every time I'm in contact, it reopens things and we're done. And so I severed that relationship And then that release that a lot of people describe with forgiveness of just, yeah, that's when that came. I'm free. I am no longer responsible for saving him, changing him. And then I'm also no longer responsible for the damage that he caused. Hmm. That's it. He can deal with that. You're not releasing him of responsibility. You're releasing yourself of responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And now, and so like engaging with someone who, whose intent was malicious versus someone whose intent was genuinely care, like one you can work with, one you can't. Right. And even, and there's also another angle for me in the reconciliation piece, which we're talking about forgiveness, which is different, but the reconciliation piece is also that they own the damage done, even if they didn't intend to, but they're still justifying it under that old paradigm or their paradigm that caused them to do the damage. To me, then they're not safe still because it's going to happen again. If they don't become aware and see what happened and say, oh, I see the damage done. And now I'm going to shift my frame of reference Mm -hmm. to not really re-injure. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love that release of responsibility. That's a beautiful, those are some really good words to say, oh man, that that was so much. There's so many good layers to that, Catherine. I love that. Yeah. A lot of times I'll call it different things like, well, letting go, releasing, you know, if you want to, if you want to take it out of Christian, Christianese, releasing unwanted negative energy. This is about me getting rid of something, of some toxin I'm carrying, Mm -hmm. Uh, not arguing for a past or wishing for a different past and, you know, holding on to that demand or desire. And so those are all things, probably my favorite that I like is the idea of canceling a debt mm-hmm. because I like it because, well, here's what I do with my clients. And here's what I've done in my life is, is they say, I just want to forgive. I'm like, great. Cause I just want to be, I just want to be free. I'm like, great. What I'd like you to do is let's think about this in terms of a debt. And I would like you to write every offense mm-hmm. on the left-hand side. And I want you to describe a monetary value mm. to that offense. Some offenses are smaller. Some are millions of dollars. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now I'm taking you to court, yeah. you know, and I want you to 
I want you to literally go through every offense. And that's in that in itself is an intense process. And mm. I think a therapeutic one, because especially if they have a Christian background, so many of us want to sweep it under the rug and call that forgiveness and say, well, they hurt me. And I'm like, slow down. Mm-hmm. How? When? Mm-hmm. In what way? With, with what intent? Whatever. You to go down and have that ledger and that other ledger, how much did that cost you? And to me, defining the massive cost, especially we're talking here, not little slights, the people, but huge lifetime damage people have done to us, especially in religious abuse. Mm-hmm. That to me makes it very concrete. And that where I'm like, no, I'm not going to let you say, well, well, they hurt me because that can often be a sweeping under the rug and you got to be ready to do this. A lot of pe- people go, Oh, that's a little too intense. I said, I honor that. No, no yep. problem. And I'm like, yep. let's just, you know, step back. You, you know, I'm not going to of course push somebody to do that, but for them to come back and have those ledgers and now say forgiveness is, is looking at that final massive number and saying, I'm ready to cancel the debt. I'm ready to let go of it. I'm not going to keep it in collections forever for myself emotionally to say, nope, mm-hmm. that is what you owe me. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely what you owe me. And I'm letting it go. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's some there's freedom in that. First, to acknowledge the vastness of the debt. Mm-hmm. Because if we minimize it, I don't think that's true for yeah, yeah. But if we say, no, this is the it's such a big deal with all its all its particulars and i'm letting it go for me not yeah. for them that's another issue forgiveness is not necessarily for them for, for it's for me mm-hmm. yeah and with that it is for me forgiveness is for me i get to decide when i get to decide where i get to yes how if it really is for me get to decide and the releasing of that or the letting go of that is is about me 100 and adding the magnitude of the damage and acknowledging the magnitude of damage is is needed i think for forgiveness to happen because if you're not acknowledging the magnitude of the damage, then you don't really know what, what you're letting go. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. You, yeah. You're say, saying you're letting it go, but what is it? Right. Right. Exactly. And I think that like my forgiveness, that was like accidental because I had, I had just decided, nope, he's not getting forgiven. He doesn't deserve it. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Not, not doing it, not going there. And so it was totally accidental in, and getting to that place of, of realizing how bad the damage was and realizing that this person was dangerous and, and severing that relationship. And that was where that release came from and, and not holding him accountable (laughs) myself. Well, and it's such a great that what you just said too fits this metaphor in that I am not going to continue to let him take my money. Yep. I am not going to continue. Every encounter now costs me $1,500. <laughs> no, I'm done. You don't get any more. 
And that's the, that's the, no, I'm stopping the bleed here. I'm stopping the debt bleed and I'm not into it. So yeah, those are, those are, I think different. There's a lot of, this is, I love it because there's so many ways to look at what this thing is. And even just the idea of like that releasing of responsibility. Oh shoot. My mind just like went completely blank. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, if you have more to say, feel free. I completely lost it. As and- I always say, it'll come back if it's needed, right? <laughs> exactly. It'll it'll pop back up. I guess I'm just like on this, like thinking about forgiveness, and it gets me really emotional. And then my my brain just it went- is emotional. God. I'm just like thinking of like the folks who has basically required forgiveness and like means that you can't tell ah there it is there it is that was that's what it was story 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 can't tell your story that it means that you don't tell your story and that was like their litmus test of if you were bitter or not and with that releasing of responsibility for me I became much more vocal about my story because I was no longer concerned about protecting my abuser and no longer carrying that responsibility to protect him. But then also realizing I wanted to share my story. Yes. It's my story. I can talk about it if I want, and I can say absolutely. And it's, it's part of my healing process. It's also because I want to help people and I want other people to hear, hear these things and know that they're not alone. And that's for me, 100% for me. And they're my abuser, like role in that. And like, I don't, I don't think about, I used to, but I, I don't think about what is he going to think of this? Yeah. Is he hear this, is he, is he going to change? Is he, you know, is he going to be angry? Is he going to, you know, I, I'm not thinking about how he's going to feel about me telling my story anymore because he's just what, not a part of it he's not a fact. freedom yes oh beautiful yes but not a a linear thing because the desire for revenge i'm like is there for revenge does that like cancel out forgiveness because i'm like i still <laughs> i still i still think about i still like do kickboxing and i still picture picture his face when i'm kickboxing <laughs> like yep. Still, yep. that's still well, a fact that brings up another important point, Catherine, and that is if <clears throat> I know you just brought a great cultural, subcultural framework in the church of saying, if you tell the story, you're clearly still bitter. The other thing that comes up is if you're still angry, you're bitter and you haven't forgiven. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, first of all, I still, when I watch through the years, my the story that... I've had several abuse stories, but the big one that's like in my book and stuff, I think about, this is now 33 years ago. And I've watched through 33 years, them hurt other people. And I get pissed every single time because it's not okay. Is that bitterness? No, I just, my system does not like bitterness. Some people, and let me say this. I also want to talk a little bit about how bitterness serves as a protection yeah. and that it's, and that I want to give a lot of latitude there. Now I do think bitterness eventually makes us unhappy, but there are reasons it is frightening to let it go because a lot of times it's serving as, as part of the boundary 
as part of that protection that we have. And I, I wish I'd have had more bitter protection at certain points. Frankly, my system would could have used that. But just because I get angry does not mean I'm bitter or wrong or have not forgiven. I've yeah. forgiven. I've let go, and I'm still pissed because I'm looking at somebody else get hurt. <laughs> I you am know? forgiven. I'm still pissed. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And do I feel that all the time? No, I don't. But but every few years, something will word will trickle back to me. And it's like, are you kidding me? You know, mm-hmm. and I think that that anger is totally appropriate. And it does not stay. It does not chew my insides out. I'm just pissed about it because it's not okay. So I think that that thinking about the story, we get we get a lot of judgment about if you've forgiven, this is what it's going to have to look like. Mostly because we're uncomfortable, especially with women being angry. So, so if you're angry, you're you've got a problem. If you're a woman, especially sometimes a man, but men get away with a lot more anger than we do. So it's like if you're you're angry, there's a problem. And if you're telling your story, you're clearly out for revenge, and you haven't forgiven. And I just think there's a lot of weird stuff out there about judgment in in that realm of saying we're going to decide whether you've forgiven or not someone who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago described bitterness and the way that the bitterness is actually used in the bible as a grief of spirit and Mm. if we took the word bitter out and we put in grief of spirit and if someone Mm. says you're bitter and and I translate in that br- my brain grief of spirit yes yes yeah yes. <laughs> absolutely yes. grieved of spirit and will likely be and that's where like the trauma thing comes in too and and if you're if you have that trauma still stored in your body which I do I still have the trauma of my upbringing still stored in my body and like that's going to bring up those emotional flashbacks at un unexpected times for any particular reason that is uncontrollable. Like it's not like I can't manage when that's going to pop up. And that is not bitterness. That's a very different experience. That's an an emotional flashback of. Absolutely. Yes. I I love that grief of spirit. And yeah. And then again, sometimes we're using words that probably have some different definitions and, but you're right. It's like, yeah, that we're defining bitter like that. Heck yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> grieved of spirit. And I hope that I always will be grieved of spirit for right. those things and, and always be angry. I hope I will always be angry about abuse, right. abuse that was done to me and the abuse that was done to other people. I hope that the, I don't see, I don't have a goal for myself or a desire to ever get to a place where I'm not angry about it because that's right. not healthy. But like that, I am, I want to be angry about that. Yes. I want to, when one of my siblings calls me to tell me a story of something that they just remembered and it was a horrible thing that happened, I want to feel anger at that. I want to be grieved that that happened because it's worthy of grief. It's worthy of anger, especially. Yes, it's it's a very appropriate response. It's a healthy response. And that's where there again, a whole nother topic, but how, how the, how religious communities view anger is and who gets to be angry and who doesn't, you know, 
it's like that's a whole nother topic but there's but it ties deeply into this topic of forgiveness who you know how which sections of the authority structure get to be angry at who which genders get to be angry i mean all of this or you know how long you're allowed to be angry how long oh talk about rules how long you're, and how long you're supposed to be grieved in spirit yes. oh my goodness yeah whatever time oh. has passed yes, yes. Uh, Thank so you. well i think if anything can be concluded from this conversation as it is nuanced it is complex and it is not something that we can come at someone with and say define if you have or if you haven't like yes. i think that that and no one can come at us and tell us if we have, or if we haven't and decide for us what that looks like, if anything is concluded here to just sort of wrap up, I would like kind of, kind of like to go through your evaluation just so, so folks can kind of do this on their own. You have three questions at the end of your chapter that you ask just to kind of, for us to just like ask ourselves. And I mean, we can even just do it in real time. And we kind of talked about this one a little bit, which is what are some other words for forgiveness that I might Mm -hmm. prefer? What about you, Connie? What are some words you prefer? Right. Unfortunately, I threw out my favorites. I mean, I I chatted about them earlier. But I want to, I guess I'd like to create space for whatever metaphor works for you. I mean, that's the issue. There's something there's some level, I do think at core, I think we could say there's some level of disconnecting from a harmful connection with that person. I think that might be one of the best ways to put it. In some metaphor or some language to say, how do I let go? How do I release myself mm-hmm. from being hooked to, into something that is 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 putting poison in me mm-hmm. so yeah and that, I think, poison yeah. from that person because we're still yes. interacting with them absolutely and even if you're not in a, sometimes they're dead but <sighs> there's still poison in you because of that in mental fight that you are in with them and that's different than being mad i'm not in a fight with my abusers anymore mm-hmm. i'm like Mm-hmm. Some of them actually die, but it's like, I'm not in a fight with them, it, it, but I can get pissed off because it's not okay. And so I guess there's, there's that emotional hook that, and they're again, releasing the emotional hook does not mean all the damage. Again, be really careful. All the damage is not healed by that, but it is one piece of the pie where I can go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Be gone. That's your next book title. Release the emotional hook. Yes, there it is. Perfect. Thank you for that. <laughs> Release the emotional hook. Yeah, and I think that's why I'd like to give people creativity and a lot of latitude and space to say, how am I going to define this for me? Mm-hmm. What is that going to look like? And, and nobody else gets to nobody else gets to have input in that if you don't want their input. Have you so, watched have you watched Ted Lasso? <laughs> have I watched Ted Lasso? <laughs> I'm in season three. I haven't finished season three, but whatever episode I just watched, Ted has a conversation with his ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife. I guess I don't know if they're divorced yet or not. And he says, just basically, like, I just wanted to let you know how I feel and that I'm not okay. Okay. And then he just like closes the computer and he walks away. And I thought it was 
beautiful because that is for me what forgiveness is, is that release of responsibility that might lead me to having a conversation with someone so that I can close the door. And like, I'm not walking away from this. And I would do that with someone who I would say the intent was good. I might do that with someone who, who I actually feel like they're coming from a good place. I need you to know how this impacted me. And then I walk away from that conversation with no expectation that they're going to. Right. Right. I'm saying this for me, Mm -hmm. not for you. Yeah. And, and, and releasing myself of the responsibility of changing their mind or convincing them. And, and also if it's not safe, done, we're done walking away, putting up using that relationship. And, and as we're talking this conversation and I'm talking about the people who have, who have kind of weaponized forgiveness against me, even with a good intent. And it did, it did cause a little bit of boundary in the relationship. And, and realizing they're not a safe person for me to tell my story to. Right. So I don't tell my story to them. Right. That's how they're going to respond. I am not responsible for that. I can take my story elsewhere. So that's how I would define it. Release of responsibility for myself. Releasing myself of responsibility. Not releasing yeah. responsibility. Releasing right. responsibility. Right. Right. <sighs> Second, the last question. So the next one is, do I need to forgive? Do I want to forgive? Mm -hmm. I think that's a great question. And I'm like, I'm going to start using that with my clients of just like, even if they say the words, a lot of, a lot of folks will say, I need to forgive. Like I need, I need to, I need to, like, I need to, I should. Yeah. Yeah. But then to just follow that up with like, do you want to? Yeah. How have you seen that play out? Just oh, I know people can hardly believe this sometimes, but you know, out of 18 years of clinical work, I have never initiated the conversation around forgiveness Mm. because I don't need to. Mm. It's always them coming up and saying, Oh my gosh, I feel like I need to forgive, or I want, or I want to forgive, or I'm like, great. Okay, let's chat about forgiveness. And I think I really trust that because if a lack of forgiveness is now causing my client problems, it's going to come up. Mm-hmm. And great, I'll wait for it. I have no I have no agenda to rush this. And and so yes, do I need to forgive? First of all, I'm going to say no. Forgive well, one thing we haven't said explicitly yet is forgiveness is a thing that happens in time. It, it's a thing that often is a huge progression of time. It starts maybe in a little way and 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 then it kind of stops or starts or this is and that is beautiful. That's fine. That is that whatever your experience for, with forgiveness, yeah, great, that's it. Let it be. Like you said, some of yours just happened. Like, and some of mine was a dawning realization that they just didn't have power over me anymore and that I just didn't care. Yeah. I, I, I just didn't care and I'd let it go. Mm-hmm. It, it, now again, not let it go like like it didn't happen. No, no. There was a there was a debt register there. There was a debt, yeah. you know, uh, stuff. But yeah, and so then do I want to 
sometimes people really want to and are are saying it's not even a should for them. It's just I really I want to unhook. Mm-hmm. And they're struggling too. And I think that's where if you're struggling with that, I do think therapy can be helpful because there's a lot of mechanisms that keep us hooked that are important to non-judgmentally and with curiosity explore and say, what what if we twinkle our nose and you're you've forgiven? And a lot of times it has to do with vulnerability or lack of protection. Somehow it's there's still and so then the question becomes which i think is a very hopeful question what can you use in place of an a destructive bitterness or mm. or resentment that's hurting them what can you use in place to make sure you are protected and see i love how those happen simultaneously for you it's like oh breaking contact is my protection i don't i can let this baby go now because i don't have to because now I've set something else in place. Does it have to be uh, for everyone a whole severing of the whole relationship? No, but it can be. It can be boundaries put in place to say I will protect myself. Thank you for naming the need for safety before you can forgive. Yes, like, uh, like you need to be in a safe place. If you're still in a marriage. And you're being abused in that marriage and you're still in the marriage in everyday contact with this person. Don't even think about forgiveness. Like, let's get to that later. (laughs) Right. Deal with it. Because you can't. Because the ledger is growing too fast. You can't sit there. Oh, I've forgiven. No. And another metaphor I use is in I work with a lot of domestic violence. I can sit here and keep stitching up all the knife wounds. But you're just getting more all the time. And I'm willing as a therapist, I'm willing to kind of help keep stitching, but the knife wounds continue. And that's not to pressure them to leave. Cause I don't believe in that at all, unless their life is in danger, but we need a realistic view. You're not going to heal. Well, if you're still constantly exposed and connected to someone who has power over you, that is hurting you, you can't fully heal. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, you gotta get away from the knife eventually. Yep. If you're actively in the situation, just table that table forgiveness. Listen to this episode later. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. You don't have to worry about this right now. <laughs> totally. I think that's it. And so do I want to? Yes. Great. And if you have blocks, then, you know, get a little help with that and look at the issue of safety. Look at the issue of how can I, is, could that be, I think that is often not the only one, but a primary thing that says, I can't do that. I, I want to, but I just can't. What's that about? And usually people judge themselves. I'm just, I just need, I, I want to, but I just can't. What's wrong with me? It's like, no, you actually have a part of you that is saying we need to be kept safe. So mm-hmm. how do you work with that part and say, good, you're right. We do need to be kept safe. Let's put yes. something in place. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. And that might, that might be the answer to the next question, which is if someone comes to that place of I, I'm ready to forgive, I want to forgive. What are the next steps? Yeah. Well, first of all, let's remove any barriers. You need to feel safety. You need to feel ready. And at that point, I've got, I I got kind of a, a step-by-step that I think rarely anybody has ever done all these steps that I've worked with, but I think that they are, that they're helpful. 
because it makes it concrete. Some of us are very concrete thinkers and forgiveness is an abstract a lot of time, which is why we have a hard time defining it. But part of this, again, go back and we're going to define stuff in concrete ways. What were those offenses? I think writing them down, you know, as therapists, we want people to externalize either through talking or putting it on paper, gets it out of them and externalizes it. So to put all the offenses down, write them down. And if there's a truly safe person to bring into the process, I think that can be very meaningful. I also think this can be done alone in a beautiful, very profound way as well. But if the possibility of, do you, do you want somebody safe in the mix with you as you write these down, as you assign values, as you make it concrete, great, bring them in. And then I I love the whole idea of a symbolic gesture of some sort. Like Once a ritual. Yes, absolutely. And I've had people who want to burn the paper. Oh, I love it. That yeah. was the that came into my head. I'll be burning that paper. Burn, it, burn that paper. I've had people in my office shred it, mm -hmm. um, shred the paper, get a good void stamp, mm -hmm. put, okay, cancel or whatever is on that. Something symbolic to say all these offenses that I was super concrete about. Or if you don't want to get rid of that paper, which I think there's some great reasons not to, seal it in an envelope. I know I've kept sealed envelope stuff in my clients' files before. It's like, you bet, it's here. You know, if you ever need it, you got it. We, you, you know, but to have it, something symbolically letting it go, whatever works for you. I think that those can be some helpful concrete ways. To yeah, yeah. Accept. Oh, I love that. I love that. Those are some, yeah, great. And I love, yeah, the idea of adding in a ritual. And I think that that could be helpful for so many of us who have left church spaces that were so very ritualistic and now yes. we don't have any rituals. So to recreate a ritual and, and make something that's ours. Yeah. The church for all its fault and difficulty is a place in our culture that still does carry some, some potentially beautiful rituals where a lot of other domains, other societies have rituals around all kinds of stuff, because I think that's part of our humanity. Our culture is like, oh, we don't do the ritual thing. And I think, oh, sometimes we ritual is about honor. I want to honor this process I've just gone through with this ceremony, with this sacred moment. They're gonna, I'm not talking about Christianity. Christianese sacred, but just a sacred honoring moment of saying, this is significant. I'm going to give it weight. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. I think that is a great place to end too. And I hope this is an episode that folks will be able to just listen to over and over and over and over again, when those 70 times seven verses pop up in their head <laughs> of just like reminding you of the ways that these, these teachings have been used against us and and not actually been for our, our flourishing and our healing. So thank you for talking about this. I'm so excited. Oh, me too. Catherine, thank you for having me. It's always a, always a delight to chat with you. And I'm, I'm do, I am hoping too, that others can just can find some space, permission, freedom in this discussion to, to find their own way. So yes, find your own way Ooh, yeah. and with that encouragement. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with us for season four. We'll be back for season five in January for Spiritual Abuse Awareness Month. 
Make sure you're signed up for our mailing list so you don't miss when season five launches. I'll see you there.